When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. This is Tom. And Zeus. From the Shout It Out Loudcast. And you're listening to The Hook Rocks with Jay Scott. The ultimate rock community podcast. going on everyone how's everyone doing this evening hope you're doing well staying safe staying healthy enjoying the summer we're all out and about being social interacting with each other enjoying dinners going to concerts uh this sunday i'm gonna be going i'm taking my son to see sammy hagar which i'm really excited about a couple weeks ago i saw joyous wolf here in the chicago area so things are getting back and it's exciting and i'm happy to be able to have some normalcy or somewhat normalcy uh, compared to where we were a year ago. And it's exciting for all of us. It's exciting for rock music because there's so much good stuff happening, so much stuff, so many great albums being released. It is a great time to be a rock and roll fan. It's a great time for a young kid to be a rock and roll fan because you really got the best of both worlds. You've got your legacy artists releasing Awesome albums like Foo Fighters, Cheap Trick, and other artists. And you've got some great new bands that are just kicking ass and releasing some great new music and being right there with these legacy artists, too. I mean, sometimes with some rock bands, the new artists become an afterthought. 
you can't say that because a lot of these bands, a lot of these artists are hanging with the big boys and they're ready to take over rock music as well as they should. There's always a new generation. There's always time for new blood. And we're witnessing that as we speak. Once again, we are part of the Pantheon Podcast Network. We are happy to be part of the family. That includes Carmen Apice, Vinny Apice, and their Hanging and Banging podcast, Mistress Carrie, the Shout Out Loudcast, or I should say Shout Out Loudcast podcast, and who else? Martin Popoff, The Rock Historian, Cobras and Fire, you name it, they're on it. Um, it's great to be part of the family. You can check out all old, any of the new episodes of The Hook Rocks. Subscribe to us wherever you podcast so you get the podcast a little earlier than most people do on social media. Like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter. Instagram is coming soon. And we are excited to welcome in our next guest, who is the lead singer of a great band out of Nashville, an emerging band out of Nashville, ready to melt your faces and kick some ass. It is Bo, and the band is True Villains. What's going on, Bo? How are you? I'm doing great. How are you doing? I'm doing well, man. I'm excited to have you on the show, learn more about you, learn more about the band. As we talked briefly before we began this interview, I heard of you guys in a Matt Wake article in, gosh, fourth quarter, third quarter of 2018. It included you guys and Dirty Honey and Classless Act and Joyous Wolf and I think the Damn Truth was on there and White Reaper. There was a whole bunch of great new emerging bands, and all those bands are still moving forward and still kicking ass. And, you know, it was the article was bands other than Greta Van Fleet that you should be listening to. And it's great <laughs> to see you guys, you know, still out there and getting in bigger and growing your audience. And I'm glad you're here on the hook rock. So what's going on, man? Uh, not much. It's great that I guess a lot of those bands seem to have survived the pandemic too. Cause that was, that was quite a while ago now. Um, and even as a band, back then when we actually played a show and Matt came out to the show to watch us play, and we've changed a lot since that period of time, too. I mean, kind of rebranded and changed our sound somewhat. But, uh, uh, yeah, I remember reading that afterwards and checking out some of those. Because there was some of those bands on there that I had never heard of, too. So I went back later and uh, listened to or checked out a lot of them. And I'd seen them, some of them, like, kept tabs on them and seen them putting out music and staying busy during the pandemic. Yeah. You know, we've got lots to get into, you know, about the rebranding, about you guys, where you're at today, you know, versus pre-pandemic. What's new? What's the creative process look like? But we always ask the same first question every time we have a first-time guest on the podcast and that is the essence of our show. Just like every rock song has a hook that sucks you in, every rock fan has a moment, whether it's a song, an album, a band, or performance that hooked them on rock and roll. What was it for you? Uh, for me, it was when I, I was probably like 14, 13 or 14, and I started out playing guitar. And I had primarily grown up my parents played a lot of like country music so it was a lot of 90s country alan jackson and tim mcgraw and um all that kind of stuff and i had i had heard like a couple of rock bands before like creed 
That was probably one of the only bands I remember, rock, rock bands I remember hearing. But then I started playing guitar, and uh, I started going to guitar lessons and digging through my parents' CD collection because our teacher would just tell us to bring in a song like once we got good enough, and then he would just teach us how to play it. And eventually I stumbled upon uh, this Motley Crue CD. It was just their greatest hits album. It had like a character of all of them on the front of it. And I picked that up and listened to it. And from then on, I was pretty hooked. <laughs> what was it about Motley Crue that hooked you? Uh, I don't know. I guess it was just like the energy of the music. I had never heard something like that, you know, the country music and even some of the rock that was kind of happening in, in that time just isn't as like pump up energetic music. I think the first time I might've heard it before then too, like after that is my, my mom used to be an aerobics teacher and she would use kickstart my heart as like one of the songs in her aerobics class to get people pumped up. And, uh, I don't know. I just really liked it. I liked the album and I liked the artwork on the front of it. And then I kind of started diving more into rock after that. Like I asked my parents, Oh, what are some other bands that are like this? And they just started giving me all kinds of CDs. Where did it go from there? When did it become something that you wanted to do, you know, being a band and be on stage? Um, so there was, I got really lucky and there was a, another guitar player named Jake and then a drummer at my school named Devin. And both of them were like crazy good players. We were in like middle school or going, I guess going into high school. Yeah. High school. And, uh, they would play at the talent shows and they were, like amazing players they're still really good players um and i had started i guess i kind of asked them i was like oh do you guys want to start a band together so they started coming over to my house and we just started jamming and uh it was just two guitars and drums and then i was kind of the only one that would could sing so i just fell into being the singer as well and we started out just covering a bunch of like easy uh, classic rock songs. We did uh, like Animal by Def Leppard and Living After Midnight by Judas Priest and Talk Dirty to Me by Poison and just some of the like lower singing classic rock songs and then just kept moving up from there. Like eventually played our first show together. Didn't have a bass player. <laughs> we just played as two guitar players with drums in like this restaurant like looking back on it, it was probably horrible. We sounded bad, but it was fun. As far as moving forward, writing music, wanting to be a part of something that is original rock, when did that all start? Uh, that started for me a lot later on. Like that, that band fizzled out, and then. The next band that I had started after that, I had started, I guess it was towards the end of that band. We started dabbling with originals, but then we broke up. And then the next band I started after that, we started strictly as an original band. And that band was called Dirty Circus. So when we kind of started doing that, we went right into like, hey, let's write our own songs and be an original band. And we also did the cover thing too on the side, but that was kind of my first experience with uh, trying to write music and do our own thing. 
Was there a songwriter or a song that inspired you to write music that kind of pulled you in and wanted you or motivated you mm-hmm. to write a song? Mm, no, not really. I just, well, I was playing guitar a lot more back then too. So I would just come up with different riffs and ideas and that just made me want to start writing songs, I guess. Just for fun and to be creative, it wasn't, I don't know, it was just something that I wanted to do, so we just started doing it. Do you write from personal experience? Do you write from observation? Where do you find a lot of your inspiration to write music? Um, I'd say it's a little bit of both. Like Sometimes it's something personal, and other times it's just, based on an idea of something like uh sometimes we'll we'll jam some riffs and turn it into a song and i'm just kind of ad-libbing like a melody and then like when i'm ad-libbing sometimes a cool line will just naturally come out and i'll be like oh that's like a cool concept for a song or just a certain phrase that i really like and then kind of building the song around that based off the melody that i have as well or if I'm like, you know, if I'm feeling a certain way, then it'll be more of a personal song. But sometimes that's more of a thing where the lyrics kind of come first or I already have a melody idea and the rest of the song is built around that. When you're writing something about per- a personal matter, a personal situation, do you find yourself wanting to write a song about it or, you know, does it come to you naturally? Do you have to kind of set the premise and kind of sit back and, and kind of let the therapy of writing a song take over? I feel like those, those kind of songs definitely come a lot easier because you're not really, you're not really thinking of like, Oh, what am I going to say here? You just already know what you want to say. And then it's just a matter of like how you want to phrase it. So I'd say those songs come together a lot quicker for sure. Do you, often write songs or lyrics by yourself? Do you do any collaboration with anyone else in the band or anyone outside the band? Uh, yeah. With the last two singles that we released, actually, Matt, the drummer, and Greg, the keyboard player, um, played a part in writing some of the lyrics. Even Greg, the keys player, he was um, doing his own thing for a while on the side. Like He's an aspiring singer-songwriter, like, kind of had an Americana thing. He, he doesn't really go out and play or anything, but he's definitely always been interested in being a singer and a writer. And and Matt, Matt too, he just, like, really enjoys um, writing melodies and uh, lyrics. Sometimes he'll do, like, writes with other people just to do a song. Like, he also really enjoys all kinds of pop music, so he'll do different writes with people. The band is, is has gone through a rebranding, as you mentioned. Um, you know, how did that all evolve? I mean, like we talked about in the beginning of this conversation, I read about you guys in 2018. We're in 2021 on the back half of it. What has gone on with the band? Like, where have all these changes and the decision to kind of rebrand you guys, where did that come from? Um, so we had an EP out when we first, became a band uh i guess 
Well, we were originally just a four-piece. So it was Barry on bass, I was singing, Tim, the guitar player, and Matt on drums. And while we were in the studio, we, were, we had a couple of songs. We were like, oh, it'd be really cool to put some keys on this. So then Greg, the keyboard player, just came to the studio and laid down some organ parts on a couple of songs. And then moving forward from then, we convinced him to just join the band. And so we played as a five-piece together for a while and doing all that material. And eventually, through a mutual friend, um, he brought out our now producer, Nick Raskalinik. And uh, Nick has produced the Foo Fighters and Hailstorm and Rush and Allison Thames and a ton of awesome rock bands. And he came up to the show and just really liked what we were doing. So then we started moving forward with him and he kind of helped us with that rebranding too and trying to make sure that we don't just sound like a rock band that lives in Nashville and has like a little bit of that country sound all the time. You know, he wanted that. He wanted people to be surprised. Like when they heard our sound, like, Oh, this band lives in Nashville and we, which we have gotten a lot. People are surprised. I think we're like a LA rock band or something. And, uh, he's, helped us develop our sound more too and because greg is doing you know he has a synth now and he incorporates different sound effects and uh just kind of helped widen our variety and our sound that we have now how how exciting how nervous how you know i don't want to use the word like unstable but you know, when you're, when you're, uh, you know, trusting someone with your sound and developing your sound and yeah, obviously you guys are a part of that too. I mean, you know, no one's in control of you and telling you, you must do this, you must do that, but to kind of reassess things and be aware of where you're at and be aware of what you're doing and kind of going off into a different direction, it's gotta be exciting. It's gotta be nerve wracking. It's gotta be all those things under the sun. What was that process like for you guys? Um, I mean, every band changes and develops and their, you know, their sound changes over time. So it was going to happen to us naturally anyways. And the first, like the first song that he actually heard and really liked and was like, oh, I bet this is the first song. I want to record this song. It was a song we already had written. And, you know, he just changed small things about it to crispen it and make it better. And then we were like, oh, he likes this song. And then we started leaning in that direction somewhat with some of our other material. And, but then there's, you know, there's other songs that are a little bit less fieldish. Like the last song that we just released, Awake at Night, it's kind of a, a, you know, it's a little bit of a departure from the other three songs that we did, which are a lot more heavy rock. And this last song is it's a little more, I guess it's just lighter sounding and a little more uh, classic rock sounding. When you're changing and, you know, everyone's got to get on board, you know, with, you know, the rebranding, you know, developing a new sound. Was there any pushback from any of you guys? Did, any, did you guys try to fight it or were you guys just open-minded and, you know, wanting to just see where this goes? Uh, yeah, everybody was open-minded. It was still us coming up with the, you know, the ideas 
And then we would just send something to him and he would just say, oh, I really like that or not really digging that as much. And so it was still like, you know, something that we were coming up with and that we were going to be happy with. Because if it wasn't something that we had any interest in doing, we just wouldn't have even written it or send it, sent it to him. Because we're not, we weren't just trying to like make songs to make him happy. We were kind of just doing our own thing and then letting him kind of sift through it and, uh, let us know his opinions on the song. When you're writing with a four piece versus a five piece, what are the differences in that? Uh, well, having Greg helps a lot because he's probably the best with music theory in general and coming from like a piano keyboard background. He, he just comes up with ideas in a different way because he can think about it differently than a guitar player, a bass player. So it just widens our choices again. Like he's, he's really good at just coming up with, Oh, if you don't like this, we could try this. Or here's another option for this. It's cause I've, I've talked to who was the, the band I remember talking to that went from, there was a band out in the UK called writer's creed that added, that was a four piece and then went to a five piece. And you okay. know it was it was a different dynamic with the band about how we, you know there were different spots there were different ways that was it was being played there was a lot more it was a lot more full sounding you know and it was difficult especially playing live when you've got another member especially when you've only been a four piece for so long to kind of have that new member which adds a different dynamic to the band when you're playing uh, you know in concert in live for people was that a big difference for you guys. Uh, not really because we had actually like convinced him early on to just start playing live with us anyways, before we could even convince him to join, join the band, Mm -hmm. he was coming out and playing live with us, which helped fill out the sound more too. Like just, you know, help make it a thicker sound. The pandemic was last year, 2020. A lot of bands held back on releasing music. A lot of artists were writing music during this time. Where were you guys at? What was your, you know, pandemic experience like in terms of a band? Were you writing music? Were you sitting on music? What was that like for you guys? Uh, yeah, we were still getting together and writing music. The last two songs that we released were actually recorded during the pandemic at the studio. And then we were still playing on and off a little bit here in Nashville, too, like, things would be open, but there was a lot of rules. So we were still playing downtown on the strip and we would still get together weekly and write, work on writing songs. Um, so really the only thing that changed is we just weren't, weren't playing out, uh, doing our original shows as much. And the studio atmosphere was different and the live show, the live shows that we did play, you know, there was rules set in place. So it was, it was a different kind of thing. And we tried to do the live stream thing a couple of times, which was fun, but it's just, it's just not the same. Did you guys find that, you know, even though the pandemic was a horrible situation for everyone to be in, did it come along at the right time for you guys to kind of take a step back and really hone your sound and really work on, you know, becoming a five piece and doing that and writing new music? Uh, I would say no, just because we already 
we had already we had already been a five piece for a, quite a while before the pandemic, mm-hmm. and we had already recorded two of those songs with Nick, and had already had plans to go into the studio with him again. If anything, it, the the pandemic kind of uh, took away some of our funding to keep making money to get back into the studio and pushing out more original stuff. It was nice to have the break a little bit, but it also just lasted too long. Did you find that the experience of living through something like that and also other things that were going on in 2020, it was a pretty toxic year all the way around. Did that affect the tone of your music and the writing of your music? Um, no, I think we were we were still all in pretty good spirits. Uh, I went late and, you know, no, none of us were really, you know, depressed or I guess I wouldn't say that we were you know, we weren't we weren't out and about like being irresponsible, but we are also weren't just isolating ourselves in our homes and doing nothing and seeing no one. Like we were still getting together as a unit, and we were still playing somewhat with the rules uh, in place. So it was not such a big deal. It was okay. Did you find that because of everything that was happening last year, that maybe the subject matter or you know, just what you were feeling about things, you know, was different. Because I know I've talked to a lot of artists and they kind of went into a bubble when everything was happening. You know, they kind of found that safe zone with music where, you know, the, the, the whole world or the whole country is burning down or it seemed like it was burning down. And we're just yeah. going to kind of go and make our music and just tune everything out. I, I guess so. I don't know. I mean, yeah, not just not I wouldn't say a whole lot change for us other than the you know the playing and the making money to move forward with what we were doing like i said we were all in good spirits and we were still trying to live our lives as normally as possible as you guys look forward and now you know the pandemic is almost you know behind us what is in store in the future for you guys you know what what is happening i know you've guys got some singles out um but what is you know what does the future look like for true villains um yeah we got these uh four singles out we're gonna hit the road a little bit and um hopefully get back in the studio here so we can keep pushing out some new songs and we're we're playing here in town plenty we're gonna do a showcase in september uh with our management to try to get some more industry people out and try to get back into the rhythm of doing the original shows and being a band again. What is the scene like for rock music in Nashville? I mean, I know, you know, the dead deads are, are in Nashville and goodbye. June is in Nashville. What is that like? I mean, a lot of people have a, you know, an idea that it's all country music. It really isn't. It's definitely probably the most prevalent, but there, there, there seems to be a viable rock scene there. Oh, for sure. I mean, there, you can find any kind of music here. Country, I would still say, reigns supreme just because it's so easy to find. There's so many country artists here. Um, there, I think in just in general, there's more people that are doing the country thing because you're a solo artist. Whereas putting a band together is a lot harder because you're having to work with other people. Everyone has to have the same ideas and the motivation and, you know, it's more of a team effort thing, but 
there's a lot of there's a lot of great rock bands around here and uh there's more and more of like the celebrity icon rock stars moving here too and downtown on broadway too if you go down there there's so many bands that are doing the rock covers as well it's not you know it's not just country music you'd be surprised on all the rock stuff that's going on i'm familiar with second avenue and broadway there's a there's a bar. Is it? I wonder if it's still open. It's called the Beer Cellar. Mm, I can't say that I know where that is. Uh, I have definitely been on Second Street a lot, but I've never, I've never heard of that bar. I think it was like a hundred bottles, fifty taps, and one bitch in jukebox was the T-shirt that I had. Huh. That was. I, uh, I just, it, it must. They must not. Uh, or they must have been a little more hidden because I, I, I've never seen that bar. It is a little bit hidden. I think it's off of Second Avenue, but it's a great place. So if you have a chance to check it out, I highly uh, suggest you do. It's a fun place. It's got a lot of unique uh, beers. At least it did. Gosh, it's been six years, seven years since I last was in Nashville. But um, but I remember, you know, even visits prior to that. That was a pretty um, definite stop on my travels to Nashville. So it was a good time. Uh, I I haven't lived here for. I mean, I've lived here for four years now, probably, but also uh, last Christmas, there was that bomb that went off on Second Avenue. So a lot of stuff has changed down there. Uh, A lot of stuff that was on the street went on the business. So it may or may not be there anymore. Yeah, I did. I did forget about that. I remember seeing that in the news as well. Um, Yeah. Where are are you guys all from? I mean, you mentioned that you've lived in Nashville for four years. Where did, uh, I mean, you guys all from one place and decided to go down there? Did you guys find each other in Nashville? What's that like? Uh, We're we're actually from all over. We're from Minnesota, California, North Carolina, Florida, and New York. Wow. Um, But the guitar player, Tim, and the drummer, Matt, they met each other in L.A. when they were both going to Musicians Institute. And then um, Tim had moved out here to Nashville, and Matt uh, moved out here shortly after him. And they were kind of doing the side man thing. And then eventually they're like, "Oh, we should just you know start our own band because neither of them wanted to play country music; they just wanted to play rock and do their own thing." So they kind of started building what would become True Villains eventually. That's interesting. You guys are all you know from all over the states and meeting in one place like that. How did you guys find each other? I mean, was it was it you guys? Did you guys already know about each other beforehand, or was it just word of mouth or meeting each other? Uh, the rest of us, the rest of them, all met on other gigs, like doing the sideman thing, and uh, and then you know, there's a lot of people down here doing the. I would say the majority of the good musicians that are down here doing the sidemen thing do not want to actually play country music. Like there's very few players that enjoy and want to play country music. They just do it because it's a, it's a gig where they get paid and they get to play their instrument and that's enough for them. So, you know, if they met Barry, the bass player on another gig and Greg, the keyboard player on another gig. And then they actually had another singer who they ended up parting ways with because he had some problems. And, uh, and then, then they, they actually, I found them on Craigslist. When I was still living in Minnesota, I was 
like watching the Nashville ads because I already planned on moving down there. And I saw like an ad that they had posted and it looked, it looked like a promising thing and I would like the music. So uh, when I moved down, I actually stayed at him, the guitar player's house, like having never met him before, but we already planned on, you know, jamming and trying this thing out. So I crashed on his couch for a couple of days. So I found my own spot. And then we had a couple of rehearsals and just got to know each other, wrote some songs, and we ended up playing our first show like probably two or three weeks after I moved here. It's interesting you guys all found each other down there. I mean, it is Music City, so I mean, if you're going to find other musicians, that's the perfect place to go. Yep, yep. Everybody just, there's just a lot of good musicians moving here in general because it's a place you can actually come to make money doing that which is you know really hard to find anywhere else when you look at the landscape of rock music right now and there's so many new bands coming out so much great music that uh, people are playing and especially the energy of the new bands how excited are you to be part of this resurgence part of this movement I'm super pumped. I'm, I mean, I'm, there's a lot of bands that are coming out right now that I cannot wait to get out and see live just because they weren't touring either during the pandemic. And there's, there's a couple of bands that I've been listening to for a while. And now I see that they're finally getting out there and going on tour. And I don't know. I, I think people are going to be excited to go to a, an energetic rock show again. I, people, even when they were able to go to shows, people had to, you know, sit in their chair, be in their little boxed-off area. And I think people are ready to have a good time and let loose and, you know, get crazy. You know, when you hear things like rock is dead and we don't need blues rock anymore, you know, blues rock is so tired. I think that's what the Strokes said when they accepted their Grammy Award. You know, and you're hearing bands like you know, Dirty Honey and other bands as well. And then you're part of this new scene that's moving forward and creating a vibe and really connecting with the younger generation. You know, what do you feel about, I mean, obviously rock is never going to die. There's always going to be a question of its relevancy and it has taken a back seat over the last decade or two decades and has really kind of, yeah, I don't know what you'd call it, maybe, you know, just lack of of an inspiration or lack of something new, but I think the energy today is much different than it was 10 years ago where, you know, there's so much great new music coming out. Where do you guys see rock music as a result of what's happening right now? Um, I mean, I think there's a lot of big artists that are also leaning, like not typical rock artists that are leaning into the rock kind of thing. Like, you know, people like Post Malone collaborating with Ozzy and Miley Cyrus put out that record recently that was more rock influenced. Um, you know, I, don't, I just think there's you know, there's a lot of people that do want to do the rock thing or now they're just, I guess, doing what they wanted to do before. Um, yeah, I think it's always going to have, have its place and people are going to be excited. Some of these new bands too, that are coming out, they have like a nice mix, like elements of other types of music. Like it's still rock at its core, but it has, you know, bits of other kinds of music that can get people into it or, you know, easier for them to 
fall into really liking it if they aren't typical rock listeners. Are you seeing a lot more connection with younger people than you were maybe a year ago or two years ago? Um, I mean, our, our, our like crowd, like our people that come out to see us has always been a younger crowd anyways. So I, I haven't personally noticed like a influx. I guess we've only played like one big original show since the pandemic and it was, it was crazy. It was so much fun. Like everybody came out cause you know, it just been so long since they'd seen us play. So everybody's ready to party. Yeah. Um, I guess when I look on, I don't, I don't know. It's hard to say. Because, you know, it's always the big question, right? I mean, rock music has always thrived on angst and anger in the young people. And, you know, young people have been really frustrated over the past year, you know, e-learning from home, being under, you know, stay-at-home orders and not being able to be with their friends. And I think a lot of young people went into the pandemic, you know, listening to other genres of music and now, because you know they're sitting there doing the same thing every day, they need something new. They need something that is different. You know, they're turning to rock music. They're turning to other forms of music. And you know, you do see younger people walking around with rock T-shirts of bands that are new. You know, aren't just the legacy artists. There, there is a kind of a swell of support. You know, in that demographic that maybe wasn't there a year ago a year and a half ago. For sure. Okay. Um, I think that Spotify has kind of helped with that too. Like people who weren't typical rock listeners, like listening to rock and realizing like, Oh, I actually really enjoy this. Like Allie, the chick who's kind of the head of Spotify in a genre. I'd say she's like the most celebritized, playlist maker and she's the one doing the rock music and she throws in a lot of other music like with that to you know that that help people like find rock bands that they would like you know when it comes up with things that are related like related artists to this or when you get you mentioned that you're doing you know, the singles, you've got four singles out now, you're recording more. Is that the intent of the band to just put out singles? Is there ever going to be a full length album or an EP out from you guys? Uh, yeah. I mean, we'd, we'd obviously like to do that, but the singles game is just kind of the way to play it for now because it's the most, it's the easiest way to get bang for your buck. You know, it's just putting out the singles. It keeps you releasing content. Uh, it keeps, it gets you the ability to get those songs on playlists every time you make a release. It's just kind of the, seems like the way to, the easiest way to do it and have successful building blocks. When you're, you know, working social media and trying to connect with fans and building your audience, is that something that, you know, you guys have a big focus on? Do you have other people doing it for you? Are you, are you, you know, are you in front of your fans? You know, some bands do it themselves. Some bands don't. What is your, what does uh, True Villains do? We do do it ourselves, but I'm not going to lie. We're not very good at it. Like all of us just, 
I, I'm the one that basically runs the page. Like I deleted my own page and I just run the truth on page. But even I just like hate doing it. <laughs> you know, it's not something that I really like to do or enjoy doing, but I get that it's part of the game. It's just something you have to do now. Yeah. It's an interesting dynamic, especially, you know, from the era that I grew up where, you know, there was like this wall between the artist and the fans, you know, and that wall is very thin now. And, in some cases, it doesn't really exist, um, but it's almost a necessity now to stay in front of people. People want that con- connection. They want that experience of being yeah, able to yeah. chat with you know their their favorite bands or their favorite new artists. But it can be you know taxing. I mean, you guys are musicians. You know, you're not social media experts, and you know it can be a trial and error process for you guys. I mean, what is your preferred platform? Is it Facebook, Twitter, YouTube? What do you guys do? Uh, I guess Instagram is the biggest one for us, especially for posting about when we have music coming out and getting people to pre-save things and getting people to go um, save it to their playlist. Uh, when we're getting ready for a tour or shows or any of that, I guess Instagram is the primary thing that we use and as you guys move forward in 2021 you mentioned a tour is it going to be you know local to nashville in this in the southern states where are you guys planning on going um we're going to do some stuff around here like states that are close and then we're also going to do some stuff in the midwest like chicago where i'm from uh i think there are some dates that are going to be in illinois and in minnesota and possibly iowa and I can't remember off the top of my head. <laughs> well, I've got my fingers crossed that you guys do make it out sure. here. Um, are you guys going to be doing it alone or just picking up local bands as you play? Or are you going to be going on tour with anybody? Uh, we're doing some stuff by ourselves and then doing some dates with Buck Cherry. Oh, nice. Very cool. They got a great new album out too as well. And they always take out some really good young bands. I know they had Julius Wolf on. Are uh, yep. out with them uh, before the pandemic, and I forget who else they just recently had with them. But that's really cool too, because that's a you know that's a nice uh, you know experience, and you know give you guys some good exposure. For sure, yep, that's the plan. And then, is there you know as is in, in terms of singles coming out? When is your next single? When do you plan on releasing that? Um, not too sure yet, because we're kind of just demoing out songs right now. And we actually have to get back in the studio to record again. So not too sure yet. Um, that's kind of a work in progress. Well, Bo, it's been a pleasure talking with you. It's been great having you on. I love the band. I love the music. And, you know, every time I, I talk to someone from that article that Matt wrote back in 2018, I, I feel like really excited because all those bands I checked out and listened to, and I was a fan of, pretty much all of them. And it's nice to see everyone's still moving forward. And like you said, at the beginning of the interview, everyone is still playing music in large part from that. I think, I think Bishop Gunn is the only one that uh, sadly broke up, but that was before the pandemic. And I know a lot of fans were heartbroken about that, but, um, but no, man, it's nice to see that there's a new wave of rock that's happening. And I do think that we are at the beginning of the resurgence of rock and roll and bands like True Villains are going to be there leading the way and, and be a big part of it. Um, do you feel? Oh, yeah. Do you feel like that? I mean, do you feel like that energy? 
a work in progress. Yeah, definitely, especially here in uh, Nashville. I mean, especially when we played that last show, and so many people came out, and a lot of the other people that a lot of people that came out too were other bands that we know of, like local bands in town that have been following us for a while. And I, I when we first like started out too, I feel like we were one of the first like rock bands in town. Uh, I know, I know there were some other ones, obviously too. I know the Dead Deads are from here, and they've been doing it for a while. And um, <clears throat> that other band that you had mentioned, and even Tyler Bryan and Shakedown, but you know, we're just offering another another sound to that rock smorgasbord. I got to ask you, I'm going to be in town in Nashville the fifth through the eighth. Are you guys? Do you guys have a gig at all? Of August, yeah. Um, we don't have anything booked out that far yet, but if you're here, then we will probably be playing downtown actually. All right. I'll be downtown. They have rock and pot happening. Um, we'll be, we'll be down there playing rock and roll. I definitely am going to check it out because be down there and definitely want to see some good live music, some good live rock music. Just, uh, shoot us a message on Instagram and either Tim or I will respond back. So just let us know when you're when you're coming like probably when it's a week out and we will have our schedule by then we should probably have it pretty soon here cool well i'm excited bo thank you again for doing this yeah thanks for having me all right everybody i'm jay scott this is the hook rocks the ultimate rock community podcast thanks again for tuning in listening to an interview with another great emerging rock band that i'm excited about hope you are too check out their music you can check them out on Instagram, Facebook, and I also think Twitter. I think they have a presence on Twitter, too, as well. But uh, awesome band to check out, and uh, hope you guys do well. Hope you stay safe, stay strong, stay healthy, and we will talk again soon. Thank you. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett.
Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any fantasy points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points. 